Hey, y'all, I'm really excited for today's conversation. I have an old friend on, uh, Bethany Rue, and I just really love um, the fruits of digging into nurturing a relationship. And you'll see what I mean, but um, a little bit of context, Bethany and I haven't talked in a minute, definitely not over the phone. I don't think we've ever even chatted over the phone, to be honest. Um, and from the first time I met Bethany, we just dove in and we're never afraid to make joy and laughter out of the human circumstance of the mistakes we've made and what we're trying to learn and just um, a playfulness and a curiosity of what does it mean to be a human being? And I love this conversation because I think it really exudes that and it shows the banter and the joy and the exploration and just the willingness to not be right. And just the willingness to love and appreciate the person across from you, knowing that you're going to learn and grow and connect with them in a meaningful way. And just what happens when two people, even if they haven't talked to each other in years, what that looks like. And so I'm really excited to share that with y'all. Hey, y'all, welcome back to Flex This. I'm very excited to have an old friend on with me today, Bethany Brew. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of, of a background of how I met Bethany, but I'm actually kind of interested in how she remembers meeting me. So <laughs> uh, many, 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 many moons ago, I was a personal trainer, which is where this whole idea of Flex This came from, is flexing these muscles to become the best version of ourselves and going to the gym of life. And um Bethany was one of my clients at the YMCA. And I don't know what your first impressions were, Bethany, but I remember one of the first stories we had. You just came back from auditioning for, I think, The Voice in New York City. Yeah, I did. Oh, my God. I sure did. That's right. I, I did not make it, which shows a stunning lack of uh, talent. <laughs> uh, the ability to sniff out talent on there. And, but yeah, I did just get back from New York City. And I remember thinking to myself, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> well, you, know, you and I love the same music. I mean, we, like your playlist mm -hmm. was just like a, a nonstop bop. Like we, I think we bonded over music first and then mm -hmm. kind of the friendship kind of evolved out of there because we, we were always sharing songs with each other and stuff like that so for sure for um sure. yeah so it makes sense that i got back from the voice and then we jumped right into a musical friendship a musical yeah for sure and <laughs> transparency like from the get-go you were blunt with me oftentimes tell me to fuck off with certain exercises yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. are you afraid of the uh, great pistol squat incident jen when i told you to fuck off when you told me to do a pistol squat if you, if, if, listeners if you don't know what a pistol squat is google it nobody should have to do a pistol squat nobody what if i told so. you i did pistol squats this morning for my exercise oh. i swear to god oh. <laughs> God, it's like the universe knew. Oh. <laughs> I was um, manifesting a workout in your honor and didn't even know it, Bethany. Well, that's good. That's good. Well, you know, yeah, I I, uh, I have very fond memories of meeting you and of being um, trained by you. And we eventually took it out of the Y and started doing outdoor workouts together. And, and our mm -hmm. friend Molly joined us. And mm -hmm. it was, a, it was, a, and then we became friends. It was just a very, very pleasant experience. Minus the pistol squats. Minus the pistol so, squats. Yeah. Yeah. You you were you were a fantastic personal trainer, and you walked a great line between, um, you know, forcing accountability, but also not making it like a dreadful experience. So, 
You're quite a gift, my friend. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. I appreciate so, that. You're, this is, uh, hi, my name is Bethany Rue. Welcome to Flex This. I'll be interviewing Jen Hoffman. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here for it. Log on. <laughs> so, um, Bethany, do you want to share a little bit about yourself with the listeners before we really get into it? Yeah, sure. Um, so I am in, uh, well, you know, I've been in public relations and communication my entire adult life. Do we talk about how old we are? Screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm 46. I just turned 46. Um, I have a 25 year old son, an 11 year old son, a five year old grandson. Um, and I live with my life partner. We've been together for over 12 years. Um, I, I am now working for a fantastic organization that I feel great about. Um, which we could talk about more in detail if you'd like, but yeah, uh, I'm just living, I live in Pittsburgh, which I don't know if, I, if your listeners know that you lived there before and that's where we met, but, um, yeah, just, and just really, I was telling, telling you before we, before we started recording, I'm just in a really good place right now. So this mm. is a good, this, you caught me at a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it might be weird for listeners, but not weird for us, but I was in the shower the other day and thought about Bethany and texted her. I was like, Hey, be on the podcast with me. And she said, yes. So here we are. A-O. I did. Yeah, I did. And I'm saying, you know, and I didn't know that that idea came to you in the shower. So now I'm even more touched. <laughs> <laughs> you, you asked me to do this with you. Oh, That's these wonderful. listeners have no idea what they just got into listening to an hour no. of us banter. Well, no. because well, you know what else I was just thinking too, Jen. And I'm sorry. Then we'll then we'll get into the meat of this of this conversation. But like, God help those poor people that were working out in proximity to us because we had some raunchy conversations. That's not right. <laughs> there was there was nothing <laughs> off limits when we were talking. No, so no. Um, yeah, and it was an open gym. So yeah. if anybody listening was working out back then and you heard our stuff, <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, it's not sorry. Itself. You're welcome. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. For, <laughs> thanks for coming to our podcast before it even started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we were just practicing. Yeah. You know, it's crazy though. Iron- not ironically, God, life is, God, if you really look back at your life, I just think of these moments, Bethany, of like, it, it is literally working in your favor if you're willing to connect the dots, if you're willing to see the opportunity. And I just think about, clients like you that, you know, I, I correct me if I was wrong, but how did you end up end up being with me? Like, how did we end up deciding to train together? They assigned, they, like, I just signed up at the desk at the Y um, and they just assigned me to you. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you had just started or not. Um, so, and, and listeners, and I don't know if you have, have a visual of Jen, but she's, she's, uh, I'm five, <laughs> three. And I, I was taller than her. And I do, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be adorable. And then the pistol squats happened. And I was like, she's not <laughs> adorable. She's an evil bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, that's but yeah, no, I, 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 I loved it first sight. So I was very glad that they assigned, assigned me to you. So really it was fate that brought us fate, together, Jen, yeah. is the answer. Mm, yeah. The best answer possible. I yeah. love it even better. So, so what I love is that those conversations and we were strangers was the foundation of what I believe this podcast to be of what I envision we can do as a species, because I really do think communication is our main means of connection. And we're, when we're allowed to do it authentically, when we're allowed to fuck it up, muck it up, get it wrong. And someone just sits with you and doesn't judge it and just tries to connect the dots and move you forward alongside you. I just don't know what else we can do to walk each other home to the end of this time on the earth and that. 
Yeah. And I think communication is the only way we connect with each other, really. Mm. Um, and I mean, everything that we do where when we're interacting with the, with the people in our lives is communicating either how we feel or that we're concerned about how they feel or, you know, it's, it's all communication. And, you know, I think once you're aware of that and, and you start looking at it through that lens, I think it really opens up and changes how, how you do interact with people. Mm. And uh, even back then, even before your podcast, you were always a very gifted communicator. Mm. So it was, it, was, it was easy to talk to you about those like kind of big juicy issues. Um, cause you were open to them. So, you know, I think, I think that's why, um, I mean, normally I don't talk about my sex life on the first training session with a stranger <laughs> that I just met at the gym, but there we were. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate that feedback, friend. That's really kind yeah, and wonderful course. to hear that. Like so many years later, um, yeah. I actually heard you said something about communication being really important. I, I listened to, um, a podcast by the Graduate School of Business at Stanford, and it's all communication-based, and they do a weekly podcast that's like 10 to 20 minutes long about a single communication skill, and they brought somebody on that said, and I love this, I use it all the time now in my work, is we are never not communicating. We are always communicating. Our silence is communication, our body language, um, when we don't show, like if you have an appointment, you don't show up, that's information, you're communicating. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We are always communicating, and I just really take that to heart to how I show up in the world now, to be yeah. thoughtful and deliberate in in what I do and what I say. Yeah, and well, and that, and because the other side of that too, Jen, is we're also always receiving communication, mm-hmm. right? Like whether you know, I mean, we we're, we're constantly it's this constant you know cycle, which I'm actually gonna like. That's like that's like kind of by the way, my big theme is is things being cyclical, but um you know, we're, we're communicating, but we're also receiving communication from others. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's why I think people get overwhelmed a lot. And, and I know, you know, I'm sure that you, that you do this. Sometimes you just have to like take a break from people and, you know, remove yourself just not because of anything that's bad or wrong, but it's really stimulating and, and exhausting sometimes to have that open cycle. And, and you know, it's good to take little breaks from people and it's sure. okay to, to shut down for, for a little bit and just, recharge so listen to what I your body that. needs like what do you what yeah, does your body need if you need to sleep exactly then go yeah. sleep you should yeah. not feel ashamed that the best thing for you could be sleep right now it could be a run it could be yeah get not using your phone for the day you know delete mm-hmm. an app you can read you can re-download it delete the app whatever it is that you know that mm-hmm. you listen to your body it's giving you information my body told me i need a pinot noir before this so i got <laughs> And I listen. I'm glad you listened. <laughs> if anybody so, knows me, I, I love wine. I'm a, I'm a big, I'm an avid wine drinker and wine lover. Indeed. So. Indeed. Yeah. If you didn't have a glass of wine right now, I'd be worried, to be honest with you. I, well, that's why I was like, is this video? Because like, I'm definitely going to have some red teeth by the end of this. Yeah. <laughs> Do you. So, yeah. You? Yeah. But no, I, I, I agree with you. And you know, it's funny you said that because like, I've started to nap and I used to never nap. I had the worst FOMO. I was afraid to fall asleep and miss something. Mm. Um, and I've been giving myself permission, even if it's just 15 minutes to just close my eyes and, and reset. It, 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 it makes a huge impact on the rest of your day. Like the part, part of it that you're awake for bedtime, that like you just feel so much better. So um, I say to all, to all the listeners that are anti-nappers, give naps a chance. I think <laughs> you might be surprised. <laughs> my dad, my dad, without a doubt, you put, if he sits down, he's lights out in 10 minutes at best. Oh yeah. He's like Olympic level napper. 
And he always tells us, he said, well, cats nap all the time. And have you ever seen an old looking cat? And I said, that is a really valid point because the only cats I've seen are like street cred cats. (laughs) Yeah. When even they nap, you just like don't, you you don't (laughs) see them probably because they're, they're in an alley in the garbage can where they live, you know, but uh, yeah, no, we're, we're, we're a napping family. Yeah. Yeah. That's more naps. I, uh, you said, give yourself permission to feel something I've been Mm -hmm. learning a lot lately about Mm -hmm. my adult 30 year old journey. And I'm sure it's just going to become more and more true. And I hear this about people every year you get older, every Mm -hmm. lap around the sun, you just learn to become unapologetic about what you need Mm -hmm. and you don't give a shit who it hurts because that's probably not Mm -hmm. your people. And the permission to feel thing, I'm just learning more and more is like, you know, example, I'm I'm a lifelong athlete. I hope I am blessed enough to continue to be able to move my body and be smart enough to listen to my body so I can keep moving it the way I'd like to. Mm -hmm. And um, my partner, Ashley, asked me if I wanted to play in a kickball league. And I said, hell no. I didn't even think there was like no hesitation. And the reason is, is that it doesn't fill me up. And you have to give yourself permission to listen to what fills you up. You know, yeah, or offended, but if you, but if it's not a hell yes, it's probably mm-hmm. a hell no, and you should listen yeah. to that and give yourself permission to be able to meet your needs to feel what you need to feel, right? Exactly, because like let's play this out if you would have said yes, knowing you were only saying yes to please Ashley to make Ashley happy, right? Which you know, I'm not saying it's a bad reason to do something, mm-hmm. but this is a commitment that would have been multi weeks, it would have been mm-hmm. a lot of time on your part, it would have been a lot of effort on your part. And every single second that you were spending doing that would not be making you would not be bringing you joy and, and making you a happier version of yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. So short term pain, which is maybe actually was myth, versus long term gain, you're you're not going to be miserable. By extension, she's not going to be miserable, right? Yeah. So you know, I think that people don't always think through the long term ramifications of their choices that they make to please other people. Because when you're trying to please everybody but yourself, nobody's happy, you know? So yeah. For sure. And that normally means that you're going to be half empty. So that means you're Mm -hmm. half showing up in other places. You know, you only have Mm -hmm. so much energy to give. It's got to go somewhere. Yeah. Well, think about if you dread going and let's say you're at work. And, and this could just be any situation that you draw. Like, Ashley's probably like, Jesus, let kickball go, dear God. I <laughs> <laughs> get it. She didn't want to play. Yeah, Jesus Christ. That's true. I'll pick a different sport. God. Um, no, think about it. If you've got something coming up that you dread, you start thinking about it hours beforehand. Days, sometimes and days. Every, yeah, days. And that all that time is now tainted yep. with that dread, right? And you're stressing out and it's bringing you down. And all you had to do is be honest and say, I do not want this. Yep. And all of that time you spent dreading it would have been filled up with the happy tank. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's, it, I, um, I, I fired a client recently. So I do a, a lot of freelance work as well um, for events and PR. And actually my full-time job that I have now came about, uh, they started off as a freelance client, mm. um, but there was one and I'm not going to name them, but uh, it, it just did not make me happy. I did not like the client. I didn't believe in what they were doing. A hundred percent. There were some issues, some racial undertones going on that I'm so not on board with. And, and I'm like, why am I still, I could, it's freelance. I could fire this client. Mm-hmm. Like I dreaded calls. I dreaded, I, I was making me miserable. Mm-hmm. And I thought I just, I, the second I decided to do it, I like set myself free from mm-hmm. that. 
and in, in, in and I, you know, I, I don't regret it. I regret not doing it sooner. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think this is all parallels to all the same stuff, right? Of, of mm. being on an authentic journey of how we communicate, that we're always communicating. So going back to that example, say the energy you're putting into this client, the client that you love might be losing mm. some of that energy now. And that's yep. communication. And that impacts your authenticity and how you show up in the world. Like none of this is yeah. fine. It's all interwoven into them, themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the clients that I didn't love was getting subpar work because I wasn't putting my heart into it. Mm. Right. And I don't want to put work out there that I'm not a hundred percent proud of every second of every day. Yeah. You know, so it impacts, it, it, it literally impacts like, you know, head, head to toes, soup to nuts, pick your analogy. It really does impact, you know, inauthentic communications. Or, or not being true in your communications can have a negative impact on every single aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then going back to permission, you're also giving yourself permission to disown parts of your truth. Mm-hmm. And how many yeah, times exactly. does, does that add up to you learn to have this behavior to be the yes, yeah. man, yes, yes, yes. And how, yep. how, how easy is it for you to get lost and not know who you are, yeah. what you want? You're telling yourself that what you want's not worth it. Oh, That's essentially what you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. So, which I mean, I, uh, you, I, you know, I've always been a, a raging feminist, right? So that, that um, and I think that that is one of the biggest problems, you know, specifically, um, I don't want to say specifically women and, you know, and I don't want to pigeonhole it into any one gender or any one gender identity, but, you know, when I, I really feel like uh, myself, how about I to speak about myself then? Let's not make it a... I find myself just getting trapped in the cycle of, I give so much of myself to different things. Like I give so much of myself to work, right? And so then I feel like I'm beholden to bend over backwards and to do all these things for my family because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm shortchanging them when I'm, when I'm doing, but that, you know, and, and I fell into that trap for so long and I felt so much guilt and I was literally driving myself crazy. I mean, I was working around the clock to, to, to advance my career and to make sure I kept my house clean and to make sure Jones, my son is Jones, my 11 year old, to make sure who Jen knows very well. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, 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 I wanted to make everybody happy because I thought that's what I had to do. And like in the process, I was making nobody happy and I was living a pretty shitty life, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, it, I was stressed out, I was miserable. I wasn't fully present at anything because I couldn't be somewhere without worrying about the next thing I had to do or what was coming up tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I did, I got trapped in this horrible cycle of wanting to have it all. Um, and, and, you know, over time, you know, we were, we were talking about our journeys, right. I, over time I realized like who, who wants it all? Like, that's just an insane thing to want. Like, stop it. Like, why would you want it all? Like what, what even is all who decides what all is? You know, when you see you, you show she has it all, what the fuck is that? Uh, yeah. Everything in the world? Because I don't think that's possible. You know, it's just this concept, I guess, that we have in our heads. And when you really start to unpack it, and it, it's like, it's it's this completely ridiculous thing that you're killing yourself for. Yeah. Um. So I stopped doing that. Good for you. I'm <laughs> yeah. here for it. But yeah, but, but it was like trauma, uh, you know, like, and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Cause you start to wonder like, is my job still going to be there for me? If I, mm-hmm. you know, pull back a little bit so I could spend more time at home or 
you know, it, it, it just, it's very scary too, because it, it, cause then you got to be yourself to be real and that can be freaking terrifying. So yeah. terrifying and, and, and liberating at the same time. Yes, exactly. Liberation is terrifying. Um, but yeah, so anyway, um, I guess I'm, I, you haven't asked me what my journey was yet, but there it is. That was it. That's the journey. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was my journey. <laughs> so for any new listeners, if this is your first episode you pop in on, um, I always begin uh, the conversation with what is this journey? If you, if you call it a journey and what is the, the language you use and how did you get to that language? So how about wrapping it up with what is the journey? What do you name it? And how did you get to that language, Bethany? Sure. So I really didn't name it until I, I wouldn't say I have it named yet, but I didn't even think about naming it until I got until we started talking. Hmm. Um, and, and you were kind of you know giving me things to think about for our chat. Um, but like I said, it, it's like it, it is. I can look at my life if I look back, and I can break it up into like almost eras, like like the Jurassic Age and whatever. Period. <laughs> I don't know all the ages. Sorry, dinosaur experts. I don't know all the damn ages. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, like I, I, I had a, um, so I'd say it, it's a, it's cyclical. I see things somewhat repeating themselves, but I get mm-hmm. better every time. I learn more every time. Like I'm back in the house that we lived in. This is the first house Casey and I bought together. This is the house we lived in when Jones was born. Um, then we moved to Shadyside and that's when I met you. And then we moved to Houston for my job, which that was like the height of my insanity. Um, and then we moved back to Pittsburgh. We were in another house for six years and we decided to move back here so our son could go to school here because this is in a great school district. And it was really weird coming back to this house, right? Like, so I'm kind of using this house as a metaphor. Um, like I felt like it felt familiar, but foreign at the same time. Mm. And, like we had runners, so like other people lived here while we were gone. And, like I felt their energy a little bit. Um, and Casey just did a remarkable job of making this house. He's a contractor, listener, just in case you're wondering. Um, he, he made this house so gorgeous and so beautiful. Uh, but even then, it still took a couple of weeks for me to feel like this is my house again, you know? And, and I feel like, you know, it, 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 it's just finding newness. It, it, you know, even though we've lived here before, I'm in such a different place and I'm such a different person. And so living here now, is a different experience so it's the same house there's a different bethany you mm-hmm. know and i feel like that that you feel so i i constantly have the buffer of the familiar but i'm constantly trying to add on to it and to learn new things and to bring new stuff to every experience and every cycle of my life mm. so that's yeah so that's sort of, sort of that's what i think of it like now but um and i guess uh if i had to name it uh it would be brenda that's what I would name it. Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda. Oh, he's coming back. Brenda. Now. <laughs> yeah, Brenda, that bitch don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme the other day that was talking about um what Germans oh, I'm gonna botch it. So I'm so sorry if you're a German listener, um, or speak German. But Germans have a word for um, instead of asking people to leave, like, oh, I've had enough. It's like, I've been visited enough. Like, I've been visited enough. So instead of telling people to just get out of their house, they'll just drop this word and be like, I've been visited enough. Like, you did your job. Yeah. That's hilarious. I'll just call it Brenda from now on. (laughs) Yeah, dude. Just look at people and go, I've been Brenda. Thank you. Bye. I've been Brenda. Please leave. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. candies on your way out. Some. 
but I think that's so true. That's something I've been learning a lot lately too, is like, um, one, I think when you're young, especially, I think the biggest growth areas, I would, I would guess for most people, but I will just say for me, so I don't project my own story onto somebody, but the things that I learned the most were in my intimate relationships, full stop about myself, about how I show up, how I communicate, what are my needs? Am I even addressing my needs? What do I actually need? What do I believe? Just everything about being in an intimate relationship challenges your whole entire being as a person. And yes, that is very true. And for me, when I think about, you know, I used to think about my, my relational patterns until you find a life partner. And so then Mm -hmm. I started to say, oh, what Pema Chodron says is that things repeat themselves until you learn the lesson. But now as I'm getting older and I have a steady partner and all those things, there's still things that are cyclical in the relationships because nobody's Mm -hmm. perfect. And that's the goal is in my, in my ideal relationship is that I'm growing as an individual. My partner's growing as an individual. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're growing together. There's three relationships happening, relationship with Mm -hmm. myself, relationship with my partner, and then the actual relationship itself and moving in a cycle. But it, the thing that I'm learning on top of the Brenda is that um, <laughs> <Viva> the, Brenda. <laughs> um, we're going to have a Brenda listener that's like, come on, I'm going to become the next Karen. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is something you're going to want though, Brenda. This means that you're awesome. <laughs> um, is that uh, things do repeat themselves, but I think oftentimes it's a new layer or a new mm-hmm a new um, way of maybe seeing a wound that you didn't know you had before. Like you knew it in one Mm -hmm. context of your story, but not in this version of your story or Mm -hmm. um, how to manage relationships with certain people that maybe you have conflict with or that are difficult. And then you take, you know, you you repeat that pattern. And do you find too that your friendships are kind of like that too, is that where somebody might leave somebody, Mm -hmm. it's almost like, that was like stage, I don't mean to make people like not growing or growing, but like they're at stage mm-hmm. five and then somehow the, for no reason that you can understand, they just disappear. And then this person is so much like that person, but they're at like stage nine. And so they yeah. help you grow and push you to become a better person too. Yeah, no, I, I definitely noticed that. It's funny because I was actually thinking about like friends and friendships before, before we got on. And, um, you know, because my, my friends, my friends are a very important part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of, a lot of my friends have had for many, 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 many years. Um, you know, and I, it's funny because yeah, there's definitely some that have cycled out, right? Let's use, let's keep up the cycling for mm-hmm. various reasons. Um, you know, and then there's some new ones that have cycled in that, that I cared very deeply about. Um, but you know, stages of life is so important and it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, well, they're married. Oh, well, they have kids. Like, I don't mean those stages of life. I mean, like, where are you emotionally? Yeah. You know, what, what are you, what are you trying to achieve for yourself? Mm-hmm. Right. Cause when I was 20, I was definitely not trying to achieve for myself what I'm trying to achieve for myself now by forties. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trying to achieve closing the bar and, <laughs> you know, it was just a different time yeah. you know, getting getting free drinks, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, now I was still me. I've never not been me, right? Yeah. So that was just a different a different cycle that I was on, you know? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the same road looks different every day, you know, seasons change the view. Like there, there's, there's so many things that impact you, but you're still you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I definitely have seen some friendships shift, grow, 
come back even like some people that have fallen out of my life for a while, but they're back now because of the cycle where they were in their life and how it interacted with my life cycle. Yeah. But Brenda, if you will. Brenda. Um, so she, <laughs> <laughs> she, she's bad. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, but I think I think it, 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 it's friendships are um, similar, I think, to romantic or or lifetime relationships, mm-hmm. but they're not identical, obviously. Um, and they, you know, they. Um, although, I mean, obviously, Casey is my best friend, like in the whole world. I mean, he happens to also be my life partner and smoking hot daddy, but um, you know, he's also my my best friend in the whole world. Um, but it's still, I still need my friends. Like me and my girlfriends do when it's not the pandemic, we do a girls weekend every year and it's three days and it's just all of us. We all, we all happen to have kids and it, it, it just resets my soul. Like in such a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. So as much as Casey's my best friend, I still really do need my friends to complete who I am and to make me happy and whole. Mm-hmm. So that, that was, that itself was a cycle, that whole monologues. <laughs> I hope you yeah. follow along. <laughs> oh, I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, something again, I'm learning as I get older is that, and we talked a little bit before we started recording is that relationships take work. You don't just have friendships because you went to elementary school together. You have to be going in the same trajectory. And maybe that is not yeah. a, a, a life cycle growth plan and you're doing the same stuff at six years old. I have some questions, but if that's how you all are doing your thing, <laughs> <laughs> then that's how y'all are doing your thing. But um, they do take work. And, you know, mm-hmm. Esther Perel talks about this all the time about intimacy and why people cheat and all this other stuff. And the reality is, is that we've put so much pressure on our idea of a partner that they should be, you know, my best friend, they should be sexy and, and provide eroticism. They should also um, be my therapist and they should also be my, you know, um, um, my kid's dad or, or mom, or like the, the, we, mm-hmm. what we require of a community, we've somehow shifted to an, a single individual. Yeah. No it's one, a tall order for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one can, that's not sustainable for anyone. <laughs> it's like, it's like modern day working environments. Like, what I have to do the job of ten people for the same amount of money. <laughs> I want to renegotiate my contract. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I need to. I'm gonna need to talk to HR. Um, you're, you're, you're sorry. And actually, before I forget, I want to say something. And sorry, you're gonna have a hell of a time editing out my squeaky ass chair. I apologize. Um, you know, I, you, you were my trainer when you met Ashley, mm-hmm. and you were a smitten kitten from day one <laughs> and she wasn't sure what she wanted and you were like I'm gonna hang out until she realizes that I'm the perfect person for her and she did and you guys are amazing together mm-hmm. but I, if Ashley listens to your podcast Ashley she was written from literally day one yeah am I allowed yeah. to say that or is that supposed to be a secret no, that's totally fine. Now, uh, pretty much all things I've learned that my authentic journey and my truth is only an invitation for somebody to seek that on somebody else. And I will also offer that my story is not everybody else's story. Some people yeah. see the potential of a human being, love them where they are, but also see what they're wrestling with and want them the best for themselves. But they do it in ways that are like manipulative or trying to shame them into certain things. And um, I don't know what part of me made me decide the route that I went, but I just held space for her to figure herself out. 
And yeah, well, because that that was what she needed. That was her journey. And if she would have came to you before she was ready, it would not have been the beautiful relationship that you have now. 100%. It might have been what you wanted, but it wasn't what you needed. You know, mm-hmm. you needed for her to be wholly authentically in, which you know she she was. So, mm-hmm. um, Casey and I have an interesting story. I um, we have been together, like I said, for 12 years, but we met on match.com and you might know this story. I'm, like, I'm sure at some point I told you, mm-hmm. um, we met on match.com, which I wasn't even really interested in dating at that time, but my best friend wanted to do it and she didn't want to do it by herself. Like it's like going to the restroom. Us girls don't like want anything alone. <laughs> so I was like, fine. Um, so I set up, I was like, at least I'll have some good stories to tell. So I set up a couple dates, all great dates, all great guys. Um, and nobody like lit my fire though. And then I had a date set up with Casey and I walked in and I was, it was, it was like that TikTok meme. I was like, you're going home with me. Like, hello. <laughs> he was just the handsomest thing. Well, we start dating. We, we get, we get exclusive and he told, he had been married before. Mm. And he told me him and his ex-wife tried to have kids and they tried for five years. And, and yeah, you know, they were told these doctors and the doctors told him it was him. Like it's, it's you, you have a low sperm count. We don't think you're going to be able to have kids. So when we were getting some, somewhat serious a couple of weeks in, uh, he's like, I hope you don't want any more kids. Kyle was 13 or 14 at the time. Uh, he's like, I can't have kids. I'm like, that's fine. Not, not a problem. Um, and then he, uh, then we got monogamous and we weren't as careful as we would have been if uh, pregnancy was a concern. Um, and then I called him the day after Christmas and I was like, you can have babies and ask me how I know. (laughs) 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 I was pregnant with Joan. Uh, imagine my surprise, um, and his, and, but we'd only been dating for two and a half months. We barely knew each other. I mean, I think our first sober date was like the obstetrician's office. So we had to navigate. That's not even a joke. And I was also like, what's your middle name and your last name? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And we decided to give it a go. We, we bought this house and we moved it together, but like we barely knew each other. Mm-hmm. So we had to navigate getting to know each other, parenthood, home ownership. You know, we started a real estate business together. I mean, it took probably a solid eight years, and I'm not exaggerating, for us to get to great. It was a ch- the first two years were a fucking struggle. Like, I didn't know if we were going to make it. Because, you know, we, we didn't come from a place of, of having built up that relationship together. I mean, we were flung into it, you know, and now I'm so grateful for pushing through all those hard parts, but I mean, it was not easy. And, you know, and like I said, it took a long time, but yeah, we had, we had a very interesting beginning, um, but we, we made it, but it was deliberate and constant hard work. Like you Mm -hmm. said, relationships are you know, you got to work on them and we did and we made an effort uh, or we made a commitment to make it work mm-hmm. and here we are. You have to forge your own path too. Ashley and I talk mm-hmm. about it all the time. Like we were actually just talking about Christmas movies and how they've just like fucked our expectations of what a holiday should feel like. And if it's not <laughs> all these, pre- and, and our childhood, not against our parents, but like when right. you're a kid, Christmas is all about you. This, yeah, we do drops down a chimney to deliver mm-hmm. gifts that you asked for, special for you, special delivery. I mean, just mm-hmm. the, and that's that's a really great thing. But I'm not sure we ever have a transition period of outside of that idea of what a holiday <laughs> and birthdays. Yeah. How many times yeah. have you let down at a birthday? Yeah, well, it, it is funny. You know what, Jen? I've actually never thought about that. 
because we don't explain to our children that the focus oh. on them is going to go away. Yeah. We just, it's just one year. It's like, no, you're too fucking old for a birthday party. Get out you of here. Santa. Like, go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm Santa. But you know, it's so funny. So, so my mom, my mom, Bonnie, raised um, my, my two nephews and my niece because my, my sister, unfortunately, it's a very bad mental health issue. But my oldest nephew, Caleb, is autistic and has, uh, you know, he's such a great kid, but uh, man, young man, uh, but he still believes in Santa. Mm. And my mother, who's now 70 years old, it's like, Jesus, I gotta be Santa. Like, <laughs> she's like, I thought I should be over that part of my life. I should be sleeping in on Christmas morning. But no, 5 a.m., Caleb's like, Santa. So Aww, she still has to keep it up. my heart. <laughs> it, yeah, he, he's a sweetie pie. But we were just talking about that today. But yeah, you're right. It goes from, it, it's expectations. In our, but I mean, but are we, are we creating the expectations in our head? Like, do people actually expect that? from us like you know what I mean like I think it's multifaceted so that so so yeah. to bring I'm going to bring in multiple parts because I think it's the same issue I think we okay. have all these cultural norms that also put a lot of oppression and pressure on women to get all the gifts mm-hmm. to have all the cookies to do put on the best party because you know whatever reason that became our expectation shocker because we bear, bear the burden of everything <clears throat> yeah um but with that being said, we were just talking originally it was actually about rom-coms and I'm just, I hate rom-coms now because I'm like, they set every woman up for failure. That That's not mm-hmm. how it goes down. Relationships yeah. aren't like that. I just think about nope. Disney movies like that. Disney movies are not a reality. Like people don't just all of a sudden realize their issues and now they want to be good for you. Like that's not what happens. It takes effort mm-hmm. and work and showing up and allowing them to figure things out on their own terms. And just, it's not mm-hmm. the reality of what we think. And so I think we try to push this square peg into a round hole. And then we wonder why mm-hmm. we're disappointed or why we don't have expectations met. But I was just thinking mm-hmm. about that around birthdays and because we we're talking about Christmas, it's like, goodness gracious, there is no transition period from when someone's like, you know, everything around you is special and then all of a sudden just it isn't like you don't even yeah like what do you mean you don't know it's my birthday what do you mean (laughs) now now all of a sudden not only is it not about you but you've got to cook a turkey and have 14 people over for dinner and you got to make sure everything's fucking perfect right so not only is it not about you you don't even get to sit down to eat because you're too busy in the kitchen yeah um yeah it's true it is true but you know you're right though i mean it's partly i think put I think it's partly put on us by societal expectations and partly by what we've gleaned through media, like mm-hmm. movies and, and, mm-hmm. and TV shows and things like that. And it does put enormous pressure on us. But like, here's the thing that I think we need to like tell ourselves, like Christmas is gonna happen regardless or the holidays are gonna happen regardless or, or your birthday is gonna happen regardless. Mm-hmm. So just let it happen. Don't do all the things you usually do and just be, Unless it brings you joy. Unless it brings you joy. Yes. Because do that. If it brings you joy, if it fills you up, 100% do that. You know, Ashley loves... so we got, we wanted to prolong Christmas because, you know, we just pass each other gifts and then it's done in 10 seconds. And so she's has this new tradition now where she writes riddles and the riddles take you to a place to, to has a clue for you to be able to open what present next. And it's like a game for her and she loves it. She spends months writing it. She enjoys it, but I could, you know, we were talking about this the other day is like somebody else could hear that and be like, well, I don't have time for that well, because that's not your joy. Yeah, exactly. She loves it. And she loves it. That's what matters. And and you need to figure out what your joy is because going to the first thing you're talking about, Bethany, is like trying to do all the things you're supposed to do. Yeah. The best version of yourself 
is for you to learn what your hell yes is and let go uh-huh. of all the hell no's. Yeah. Well, and you bring up a good, I, I think you, you bring up a good point in that she took something that could be oppressive with the expectation and she turned it into something she loves and she did that, right? Mm-hmm. She, and she didn't do it for any reason other than it delights her. And, you know, so I, so I, we do host Christmas dinner here. Um, but I love it. It brings me joy. We pick a different country every year and we cook their traditional holiday meal and the whole family gets into it. Everybody learns a little something about the country. Everybody brings a little something from the country. We talk about the country and the culture and it's just fucking delightful. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, therefore it doesn't feel like a chore to me. It doesn't like, even though I am making the dinner and it can be stressful when you love it, you genuinely love it. It just doesn't hurt you. You know, it's like, it might be stressful, but like you could deal with the stress. It's stress that you want because you just, you know, because the end result is going to be something you love. It's like Mm -hmm. childbirth. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) enjoys childbirth. Let me tell you, (laughs) you know, you like the end result, you know? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, even that, you know, I think there's a fallacy in our culture around how giving birth is going to be the best thing that ever happens to you. And that's not true for every woman, every woman, you know, they, everybody has a different experience. There's a lot, a lot of my friends have gone through traumatic childbirth. A lot of my friends have gone through loss of pregnancy. A lot of my friends have had abortion. Um, you know, it's every, every woman, every journey, every, every person, every birthing person, um, our pregnant person is different. Um, but yeah, yeah. But there's also this expectation that we're all supposed to just want to be a mom and love being a mom. Yeah. And if you don't feel that way, there's something wrong with you. Right. Yeah. That's another expectation is mm-hmm. be, being female born and being assumed that you're going to have a family someday and that it's going to be something that you're going to love and it should be a priority you know going back to your cycle thing of like oh oh you know i hear friends that are you know a lot of people in my generation in the 30s are like i don't know if i really want kids i don't know if that's my jam i don't know if i'm ready to give up her to my career that inevitably will be asked of me as a woman um while having a child just about because of how our society functions in a lot of ways and yeah. mm-hmm. um getting a lot of pushback from people around them. Like, why not? You know, this is something yeah. I've been really learning a lot lately. I've talked about this on multiple episodes. It just, I'm starting to see people's inability to be excited for your truth for you is more of a lack yeah. of ability for them to affirm themselves. Because if yeah. you aren't aligned in their truth, it's a threat to what they believe because something yeah. about them doesn't fully believe whatever they're trying to oppress onto you. Yeah, it, it, and like, I've always thought that women that like really push other women to have kids, it's just because they just want you to be as miserable as they are, right? Like, I, <laughs> like there's, there's, there's always like this change of desperation, like, no, you should have kids, you'll love it, it's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and it, it, it's because they don't want to feel alone, I think, maybe, I don't know. Um, but no, I, yeah, I, uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly where I was going with that, but because um, I, I was having another thought. Mm-hmm. Um, which is how interesting it is being a mother. All I have are boys, but I have two sons, and I have a grandson. And I got to tell you, Jen, it's really fucking interesting to see how the world treats my boys differently than it ever treated me. Um, and just the things that they do without even thinking that like you never see girls do. I, I mean, it's just, it, it, and you know, I mean, I, they could not be raised in a more liberal household, right? But just, I mean, just as a small example, I've been fighting with Jones for weeks now to put down the lid and the seat on the toilet. I'm like, how disrespectful, because I told you to do it, and be how assumptive of you 
to leave it up because that makes your life easier. Like it's just, it's just, it's really, mm. I, and I don't really have anything to say or any problems to solve. I'm just saying it's very interesting to see how boys walk through the world. I have a front row seat. Yeah. <laughs> and it, I think it's a valid it's point. No, I think it's a very yeah. valid point. You know, we're told to be mindful of our space. We're talking too loud. Mm-hmm. We're showing too much personality. You know, the, the, forever leadership woman's d- dilemma is if you're a communicative and you are able to be clear in your communication, now you're a bitch and assertive. But if you are meek and don't really assert yourself, well, you don't know what you're talking about. We, he, yeah. There's there's no place for you to be powerful, empowered, mm-hmm. and to influence around you. And I, and I, yeah. I, I shouldn't say not as, a, as an absolute statement. I'm in a workplace where I am honored and it's awesome, um, but that's not a lot of truths for a lot of women. And yeah. walking in the world, like you, you make a valid point. You know, there's things. Do men have to worry about putting their keys between their fingers when they walk home at night? No, they do not. It's yeah. I, I actually think about that quite a bit because I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts because I'm basically a garbage human. But <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I was reading, I was listening to Stanford podcasts, and I was like, I'm fame. <laughs> but yeah no, it is it's it, it, so I um I had a very high power job for a very long time um and I made a lot of really great money and I felt really and, and, and for a period of time my sense of self-worth was completely wrapped up in my job um and I was good at my job and I was successful and I think it insulated me in a way hmm. from feeling and experiencing some of these things that my female cohort was going through. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm not in that position anymore, um, it's been really eye-opening how people treat you. Like when I'm not a high-powered exec, like busting up the suit in the Prada bag versus like when I have like a messy bun and a hoodie and I'm at, you know, the grocery store, I'm still the same person. I'm still everybody is you know, good at what I do. You know, my skills didn't change. Mm-hmm. My circumstances did. And it's just really funny how people treat you based on your trappings, you know? Yeah, for sure. I saw um, a LinkedIn post actually talking about that they showed a woman in a power suit and then they took off her jacket and she was tatted up and talking about Mm -hmm. the difference of how people treat her, that she's being a professional. Um, That's like a whole nother, I I actually did an article at my work about the professionalism and just really, it was just a a white straight man's agenda for people to fall into line and to look like them. And if you didn't meet that standard, then I guess you don't belong. And it just makes me want to punch things. (laughs) Yeah. And let me tell you, listeners, if Jen starts punching things, shit's getting broke. (laughs) Jen Diesel. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> you should see how many pull-ups she can do. It's embarrassing for me as a person because I can't do one. Um, but no, no, it is, it is, you know, people definitely treat you differently based on your outside appearances. That's just but you know what? Like I just I can't. I like there's things in my life that I'll take on that I'll worry about that I'll try to change. But like at some point too, you just gotta like it's just exhausting to be alive right now with the pandemic and I'm worried about Roe v. Wade and I'm worried mm. about inflation and I'm worried about all this shit. Like I just, you know, I mean, I mean the pandemic is definitely, I, I know it's throwing everybody for a loop, but like, and maybe I just have more time now to listen to NPR or whatever, but like, <laughs> I just like, like if I let myself, I will go down this rabbit hole of the world is fucked and I will like fall into hopelessness. So mm. I've tried very hard to like talk to some people like you and remind myself that, very little 
of it impacts my day-to-day life and like it's okay to just come like focus on that sometimes you mm-hmm. know I can't fix everything and I don't want to you know impact my mental health by worrying about so much all the time so sometimes it's okay to just like reel it in and focus on the little stuff that's your health your family your life yeah I um I think it's the complexity of being a person and complexity of being a person in an era where we have access to everything you know before we wouldn't have known that there was COVID inequality or vaccine inequalities now we know yeah the reason we have a pandemic is because we are this country that has all these damn vaccines and people still don't want to get them and there's countries that are begging for vaccines and they can't even get a shot yeah 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 I, I when South Africa uh, identified Omicron, Omicron, right? Um, and then, you know, everybody like wanted to jump like to the travel bans there and stuff like that, citing A, that, and then B, that they had a high um, unvaccinated, unvaccinated rate. South Africa was like, because you jerks are hoarding all the vaccines. Yeah. Like, it's not like we don't, we, we want more vaccines so we can vaccinate more people. Like, yeah. how dare you? cite our numbers when well, the reason that they're so bad is that you are hoarding <laughs> like literally which it was a valid point <laughs> yeah i mean and i've you know listening going back to mbr listening to the differences of how our country and other countries have handled even just testing like there's you know what is it your or uh england or is it all of europe that like testing is free you don't have to pay for it out of pocket mm. we can't like here in california you know, we're going to be going home soon and we i also highly recommend this for anybody going home and traveling if you have you should feel safe with your family and have a conversation mm-hmm. about what's going to make you feel safe our family decided that we need everybody needs to have their boosters and mm-hmm. that we are all going to test as close to the time of when we're going to be together as possible if someone tests positive they don't need to go home they don't need to do anything but they will wear a mask around everybody else and that was our yeah standard. yeah simple conversation and so here in California, we have to plan way ahead because they sell out all the time. You, you can't find them. They're like impossible. Yeah. And so, you know, but then I think about like we're buying them and like Europe has them for free and just, yeah. you know, or they, or at least they go under your insurance and it's just something, I mean, that's a whole nother topic about the grossness of our insurance. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, we got off topic. I forgot why we were talking. Well, about no, but, but just talking about the vaccines just real fast or, or the holidays. Um, the, I was just talking to my friend today about how I, I feel like a real sense of relief around this particular holiday. And it's a good feeling because we were just beat the hell up over the pandemic. This is the Christmas where everybody's vaccinated. Everybody's boosted. Jones just got his second shot last Friday. Yeah. yeah. He's only 11. So he had to wait till the 5 to 11 mm-hmm. approval. But like, you know, it's just... It, it's going to feel really good to not have that worry this year because, you know, it's it's not going to, I'm not going to let it cast a pall. Like, it's really, I think, going to be, um, you know, I think it's just going to add to the exuberance of the holidays and being together. So anyway, I, I'm sorry, I was just talking about that today. So I wanted to bring it up. No, I think it's important. I think, you know, we had to adjust how we did things last year. You know, if I'm really transparent about it, like, I know the vaccines work. I still have, like, a, a low-key not fear. Like, I know that if I get sick, I'm probably going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I think you know, <clears throat> for me, I'm just unpacking this in real time. I think for me is just wanting to do the, my, the best version of what I can from a moral yeah. standpoint to make sure that I'm just not being a douchebag and just mm-hmm. not masking and just traveling or, you know, I'm trying to find the balance of living my life and also being yeah. responsible. And 
taking the responsibility of how I show up in spaces, masked, unmasked, vaccinated, unvaccinated, whatever that might be, has consequences. It has consequences. And I might not see those consequences. I might not even fully understand those consequences. Mm -hmm. But I, and and I'm not asking anybody else to do this. This is for me. I take it very seriously Mm -hmm. to have to make, not the right decision because that's hard, but at least to make the best knowledgeable decision to keep people around me safe. Yeah, and sometimes the best decision and the right decision are not the same thing. Right. And then you have to make a choice, you know? And that's the worst. Uh, Flip a coin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call Brenda. What would Brenda, Brenda do? Brenda, tell us what we It's like Alexa, but for your life choices. Brenda, <laughs> should I wear this outfit? No? Okay. No. Um, Brenda, what is the I'm best thing for my moral compass? oh my god that is so fun my, okay my reasons internet is dope i saw that a dad t- remember that talking fish that was really popular for christmas like decades ago it was like, like the one that you put on your wall and it was saying yeah yep. he connected it to his alexa so alexa talks out of the damn fish <laughs> that see sometimes the internet is used for good it's for the win that is a win yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah we so, so, so i'm trying to so, i'm trying to navigate being a mom with Jones having constantly, he's got a phone, he's got an iPad, he's oh, got yeah. a Chromebook, like, you know, and, and, and I'm trying not to fall into this, well, in my day, you know, because mm-hmm. just because something's different doesn't mean it's bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that we have to, you know, like, we have to be careful, obviously, like, I don't let him, you know, he's got to take breaks from his phone, and we monitor what he's doing, and da 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 but I mean, you, you, that's like closing the barn door for the horse gets out if you try to tell your child they can't have a phone right now. So not having a phone is not an option. So you have to find out how to exist and be the parent and raise your child in a world where he has a phone and you don't always understand what he's doing on it because you're old. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just like the, the speed of change, right? So yeah. they can, that fish is a perfect example. It used to just be a thing on a wall that we don't make fun of and had a funny infomercial and now it's a talking Alexa, right? Yeah, because so, <laughs> yeah, I'm found yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's valid. And like, you know, I think about when I, the first interactions I had with the internet, you know, we didn't have it until I was like a junior or senior in high school. It was dial up. So we're all fighting to either use the house phone or use the internet. And I just thinking, looking back, I'm going to be really blunt here. Like I would use it at the library and there was like chat rooms because that's what everybody did, right? Like the only yeah. thing we really do is chat rooms. There wasn't really Google. Yeah. We just talked to other people. And yeah. I just think about how dangerous that really could have been. You know? Well, it was for a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And like, <laughs> you were very lucky. <laughs> yeah, very lucky. And I just think about, um, in general, like, I would not want to be a tiny human right now, full stop. Uh, so- but, but I do have to say, though, and I think that a lot of this is because Casey and I are both awesome people. And I say that with <laughs> the most, not most humility. Jones is a great kid. Yeah. Like, it's so my oldest, Kyle. I mean, he's a great dad, and he's he's a hard worker, and you know, I I mean, I I don't, I don't you know. And here's the thing: I almost just said I lucked out. So I'm playing my role in this because that's mm-hmm. what women do. No, I didn't luck out. I work really hard to be a good mom, and to be a good parent, and to be a good guide for my mm-hmm. children. And I love that I'm putting in the hard work, and I'm seeing results, and having wonderful children. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm waiting for Jones to make a laterality in the bus and you're like, but <laughs> <laughs> makes his cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think 
Um, that's something that's been really, I think, going back to the flexing the muscle of becoming a good human, like parenting is that, you know, every day, like being able to allow your child to communicate information to you that you might not even want because it's feedback. And yeah. And then learning to adapt to their needs and like teaching them how to communicate, you know, something I've talked with one of my good friends about, and I've dabbled at it a little bit here on the podcast, but we didn't watch, we watched our parents fight or the mm-hmm. adults, but we never saw them reconcile. We never saw them yeah. repair. And so going back yeah. to like these ways where we turn 18, we're like, how come I can't handle my relationships? Um, Because yeah. you never <laughs> saw somebody do it before. You didn't see yeah. somebody fight and then talk about how they're going to repair and next steps and how they're going to be yeah. holding each other accountable, the love yeah. behind and the, the, the deliberate action. Cause it's not just, I hate the word intentional because it's like, oh, I might do it. Like d- deliberate means I'm going to deliver on something. I have a tangible goal. I think intentional has been overused and it gets lost in the weeds. It's like letting yourself off the hook. And so- But you know, like, I'm, I'm Jen, that is like such a fascinating point. And I've literally never thought of that before. Hmm. That you're right. We would see all of the people, uh, the adults in our lives fight. We never want fun to make up. Never. I'm going to have to like chew on that for a little bit. Like and, yeah. and what the ramifications of that are in my life. Because yeah. um, nobody ever taught us how to repair. No. You know? Not even friendships. We're all self-taught. Yeah. yeah. And we wonder why people no wonder aren't, aren't so tapping into Brenda. They're talking <laughs> <Yeah>. to Karen's. <laughs> yes, yes. Meanwhile, Brenda's like, <clears throat> yeah, sorry. I actually, I, I, um, Karen is the name of one of my favorite podcast hosts. Uh, my favorite murderer, Karen Kildorov. She's, she's the best Karen. And um, she's actually been asked multiple times how she feels about her name being associated with like the worst white bitches. <laughs> what did she say? She's like, I can't let it get to me. I can't change my name. Like, I know I'm not like that. I, yeah. so I that is one of those things where you have to decide that you can't control that. So why, why yeah. let it control you? Yeah. It's interesting. I um, have been thinking about biases a lot lately. And I was just thinking about that or Chad's, you know, like what is the immediate physical emotion you hear when, if you met a stranger and they said their name was Chad or Karen? And not intentional, but immediately you're like, oh, Karen. And even though they could be like, you know, Pope Francis in disguise, whatever, like you just have, oh, Karen. Yeah. Well, as as a as a former Catholic, I thought that Pope Francis too, so that wouldn't necessarily be possible. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) To be fair, it's like a chat in robes. Um, Chat in robes. Robes made made of Karen. Nobody's made a care. But it, no, you're right. Like, what do you do? But like, it's completely not your fault, but it's like, I, you have to deal with it. Yeah. Right. I mean, I would That's... imagine it's the same thing as looking like a celebrity, right? Like mm. a celebrity lookalike, like you have, whether you want to or not, you have to deal with that because it's foisted upon you. Mm-hmm. Like you're never going to not look like that celebrity. That's okay. Okay. Well, you're giving me lots of food for thought here. I'm going to be doing some deep thinking after this. Yeah. I've been thinking about my friend sent me one. It was, um, I forgot. I forget what the Instagram was, Um, but they essentially brought in, there's two versions. One was that they have three people be guessers. It's the same group of humans. They're all, they all look white. And the, these three guessers are supposed to decide by talking with this individual, if they're a person of color or if they're white. Actually, no, the statement was, does this person identify as white? Okay. 
almost all of them got all of them wrong. And every single one of those people was mixed and was, yeah, were mixed. And um, it was just interesting to see how, even like for the people that, like one gentleman was Sicilian and everyone's like, yeah. oh, you're definitely Jewish because of your nose. And like, oh, wow. it's just really interesting yeah. how we create these stereotypes. It was really fascinating to watch them, one, be uncomfortable exposing their stereotypes to someone's face and yeah. then reconciling with their ideas because they were 100% convinced that this person can't be a person of color. They're definitely yeah. white. And like having them go through that experience. Yeah, it's like stereotype. They, you always hear stereotypes exist for a reason. I, I think it's just because we have this un, like, satiable, insatiable need to sort things and you know, things have to make sense to us, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's why we have religion. And that's why, you know, but like, like there has to be a reason for everything. Nothing can just be in the human mind. Everything has to have a reason. And I think that's where stereotypes came from. Like, we cannot help ourselves. We've got to sort shit. Yeah. We invent we invent in dresser drawers. Why can't you just put all your clothes and you know yeah, like we have like we have to have everything has to have a reason and a place. Uh and, and we get very upset when that's not the case mm-hmm. as, a, as a species. So yeah. Okay, so two things. One, okay. There is actually research on this. Um okay. I could not tell you the the psychologist that did the research, but he actually discusses this is that in general, our species, um needs to categorize. So if you had to think about the conversation, if I had to think about the conversation we're having, trying to remember this research, trying to digest what you're saying, to actually listen with without the intent mm-hmm. to reply, but to really listen to you, but then also try to navigate my own thoughts and have right. to think about breathing, have to think about watching your face and understanding your body language. Like all these things are right. happening without you even thinking. They're just right. Doing. So part of it is out of necessity. But the question right. is, when do you when do you allow your privilege to get in the way that you don't have to work and watch what shows up for you? Like going back to the Karen Chad example, the emotion you it is your job, your job as an individual to watch the way you show up when someone gets on the elevator and you have a body response to that. When you see the homeless mm-hmm. person on the street, the way your body responds to that, that is again, you're communicating to yourself. Yeah, a bias, a stereotype, something. Yeah, no, and, and you're right too. I mean, and honestly, like I, you, and, and, and like I said, as progressive as I am, like you know, I still do sometimes, occasionally find myself reacting mm-hmm. uh, almost viscerally to stereotypes that have, have, have that have been ingrained in my brain since I was born. You know, mm-hmm. um, and you're right; it is my responsibility to to undo that in my brain and to to react authentically to people the way that they deserve to be reacted to. But yeah, it, it is something that we have to be more deliberate about and you do have to work at it. I mean, yep. obviously it doesn't come natural or else what we would be doing. <laughs> you know? That's why I started this damn podcast, literally. That's and- right. That's why she's flexing this. Okay, yeah, people? literally flex the muscles because you have to do it all day, every day. You have to notice, you have to watch um because you're, it's it's information all the time and either you yeah. can ignore it and pretend like it's not happening and you're harming the world around you whether that's in you know intent versus impact not your intent but it's definitely your impact and you can't control how everybody responds to you but at the very least you can do your best just authentically show up to heal your own wounds because otherwise you're just going to keep harming the world around you full stop that's brilliant honey i love that I love that. And, and, you know, sometimes being aware of that and, and acknowledging that is, is the first and probably most important step. 
and revisiting it. I have to do it all the time. Yeah. I, I find myself. It's a cycle. It's a Brenda. It's a Brenda. Not a Brenda. Yeah. So the, <laughs> so the second version of this bias thing they actually did with dogs and they tried to, uh, they brought in a dog and you had to guess the dog's owner. And we even do it there. We make stereotypes of like, like legit the one of the people, a pit bull came in and they were like, oh, that person. It was, that, it was a yeah, black person I, and yeah, it wasn't even uh, his dog. Yeah, I know that's because we do, uh, whether consciously or subconsciously, hold stereotypes in our brains and react based on them. Mm-hmm. It is a deliberate effort, like you said, to not do that. And it's also our responsibility as human to put the work in to not do that. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And the second part I wanted to add too is I'm reading a book right now called Against Empathy, which I can hear people rolling their eyes like Jen Hoffman Against Empathy. It's actually brilliant. It's a psychologist talking about his argument used to be of and for empathy, but the reality is empathy actually gets in our way. So we don't respond in a justly matter. We no longer have equities because of these biases. So because I might relate to somebody that is gay, I might have a higher response of empathy for them versus somebody that's a straight white man. Right. Just actually a, a clear bias that I do have. I uh, f- yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that's hundred percent. You just described yourself. So. <laughs> um, and I have to work at it. It takes a it takes a lot of trust for me to be able to sh- show up in those certain spaces. But it doesn't take a lot of trust for me to show up with a gay person because I understand their journey. Yeah. And I and I know well, that, or you think you do, or I think you I think do. You right, do. right, right. But that's the empathy where it gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. So his yeah. our whole argument is for radical compassion. So instead of feeling everybody's emotions, that would paralyze mm-hmm. you walking down the street. Again, going right. back to the categorizing, I have empathy for this person. I don't have it for that person. And just walking down the mm-hmm. street. Could you imagine walking in the mall if malls even really exist anymore? I don't know. I haven't they do. Long. They do. I actually, uh, <laughs> my, 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 my work theory fitness is at South Hills Village. So oh, okay. uh, it's, it's, still, it's still there. <laughs> is it bopping? Um, you know, I don't go in a whole lot, um, but uh I'm assuming I do in the morning when I'm going to my class, I do see the group of silver sneaker walkers. So they're oh going God, strong. The mall like, Jen, I want to put these little people in my pocket. I freaking love they're the little sweatsuits with their little tennis shoes and they're uh, waiting for the mall to open. Well, they, they, they got the, they, one of them has a Walkman. I shit you not. Oh my a God. Walkman. And they are just like, like hashtag goal. Like, I mean, I, like, yeah, of course getting older sucks. And sorry, I'm, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here for a second. But I mean, I want to be privileged enough to be an adorable old lady with a Walkman and a tracksuit walking around a mall with some fellow old people. It just, they're living the dream and they're adorable. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I totally forgot about mall workers. And I was just thinking too, like what a beautiful way to be energized by community, but not have to be in a community. Yeah. For the introvert yeah. me, that sounds like, yes, please. I can be in my own world <laughs> while I'm around people. <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm with him, so I don't feel like I'm self-isolating, but I'm listening to your to a Stanford podcast. <laughs> Judging you because I'm learning about judging. Yeah, judge, wishing that I was with a group of gay people. So <laughs> thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, but I just um it's interesting to me that all of these things are totally connected, though. They're again they're cycles, certain things, certain people show up. And you have to be available for them. You can't learn things unless you are mentally and emotionally available for them. And that's the other part is doing that work is unpacking, healing, you know, mm-hmm. what are my wounds around straight white men that make me show up, like the emotion that I show up? Why is that? Yeah. 
what harm have I experienced that makes me have that opinion? Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's why a lot of people shy away from getting themselves to that point because it's painful. It hurts. I mean, it's, you go, you, you, it's like sticking your tooth on or your tongue on the tooth that hurts, right? I mean, it's yeah. painful. Mm-hmm. And you, it takes a lot for us to willingly put ourselves through pain. Yeah. You know, and that's what yeah. makes it hard. But, it, it, but you know, it, it, like you said, it, it is you're never, I don't think you're never going to be, you, you will never be the best version of yourself if you can't put that hard work in, if you can't go through that pain, if you can't sit with yourself in agony for a little bit to be the better person that you know you want to be. Yeah, you got to get uncomfortable. If you're mm-hmm. not uncomfortable, I would venture you're probably not growing. Yeah, that's so true. If you ain't comfortable, you ain't growing. That's what I say to my plants when I water them. I'm like, you uncomfortable? Good. 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 <laughs> Ask me if I give you plant food and water. <laughs> I grab their little leaves. I'm like, how's that feel, huh? <laughs> actually, ironically, we have certain plants that they actually like to be like shape. Like Ashley has to like move the plant because they're used to being like, because they get it outside. The wind is yeah. beating them up. But it, when you put them in the house, they aren't resilient because no, nothing is touching them. There's no wind, all that other stuff. And we have a couple of plants that need to be abused every now and then. At first time I started oh. doing it, I was like, what are you doing to that tree? Shaking fern syndrome. And she was like, oh, you're supposed to do this for all those reasons. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> that's that's radical compassion right there. That's yeah. what that is. <laughs> Use my tree so it'll grow. Go <laughs> learn it, hey. <laughs> You have to go through pain to grow. Your plants fucking get it. Why can't we? And we need weeded and tended and watered. And sometimes we need to be clipped back. <laughs> and sometimes we need somebody to come around and shake us the hell up. That makes this all makes sense to me. Sometimes you need to be uprooted and put it into a new pot. Sometimes you need a bigger pot because you're in too small of a pot. Sometimes you're in the wrong environment whatsoever. Now you have to go to a totally different greenhouse. Bugs infest you. Wait, that might be going too far with the plant <laughs> analogy. <laughs> no, no, wrong people. Toxic energy. Sometimes toxic energy. Eat. That's our parasite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. White bottle. Your leaves, damn white flies. Get out of here. I don't got time for you. <laughs> Karen, I'm gonna get Brenda sicker on you. <laughs> I hope listeners are having as much joy as I am having this I conversation. Know. <laughs> we, we, they should. I wish that they were there, like when we first turned their cameras on and we saw each other, like like the happy dance. Bit, I was but, actually but, debating on but, like recording, having it going, doing like so the that, reveal. Yeah, <laughs> it was delay. It was because it was so pure. It was so yeah. genuine. Like we we're both yeah. just so happy to see each other. Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure. over it now. I've been looking at you for two hours, but <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I love you. I am so excited that I got to spend this time with you. It's just yeah. a, a joy. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Like uh, you forget how much time like we've spent together too. Like, I feel like we almost were spending every weekend like a happy hour or something together, meeting mm-hmm. up and, talk, and chatting like this until yeah. two or three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, and I know that you have your, um, your issues that you're working through in terms of how you, you respond and react to white men, but you, you and Casey were always like super, you guys always got along really well. So to me, let me be, let me differentiate here. Yeah. I have a immediate bias assumption. Yeah. Bi- I should say bias. I'm sorry. That's yeah. what I should have said. But yeah. part of that is because um, I don't know I can trust someone yet. Right. And so I have less of a bias for gay people, people of color, less of a bias mm-hmm. because I'm more comfortable in those scenarios. Yeah. 
but because of the lack of trust that I've experienced from privilege and other such yeah. things, un, not even harm on purpose, just what mm -hmm. you're saying is how a man walks through the world. Sometimes they don't understand mm -hmm. how the impact that it has. And so my initial response is, you know, how some people might feel when they see somebody talking to themselves down the street and they look a little bit like whatever that initial is. Yeah. But I, there's dudes like Casey, there's a lot of dudes that I love and yeah. just, I actually cherish my conversations with them in some ways so much more because of my experiences, I'm so grateful mm -hmm. that a man shows up like that with care mm -hmm. and isn't willing to in, engage and see me and hold space yeah. for me. I mean, because that wasn't my norm. And when I meet yeah. dudes like Casey, it's super fulfilling. And I, mm -hmm. Casey and I've had some amazing conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's pretty rad. I, you know, well, okay, so I got to tell you this. And I, you, might, you might have seen it because I posted this on my social media today. Um, he, our tree topper broke. I've had this tree topper since Kyle, my oldest son, was a toddler. It was just a Walmart tree topper because I bought it when I was dirt poor. That's the other whole, that's, that could be like, if you ever do a part two, I can talk about my, my uh my my early youth and how it impacted me but um it, it, it broke and Casey's like I'm gonna order us one I'm gonna order us. I'm like fine so it came today and I opened it and I I literally started crying my mom was here and she's like what's wrong I'm like so sweet we call ourselves a smitheroos because we're not married he's Casey Smith I'm Bethany Rue um and so we, we've been the smitheroos that's how we start our Christmas like everybody calls us smitheroos he got us a tree topper 3d printed it's a big red star and inside of it it says the smitheroos oh my god i love that i like like just that he like thought like i i think that just speaks volumes with the kind of person he is like he mm -hmm. you know he he's so he's such i don't want to say he's a family guy because again that's i feel like putting like negative stereotypes out there in the world yeah but it just i don't know it just touched me that like he did that and it's not just because he knew i would love it it's because he loves it too Mm. you know mm. i mean i'm just i'm I, I don't and like again i don't want to say i'm lucky we went through a lot of hard times and we were very hard on our relationship but damn am i glad i'm where i'm at right now yeah i have had a friend a friend that lives in chicago and her and her husband you know long time you know having the same conversations like that we're having right now about you know you had to work through hard things and there's definitely not all rainbow you don't just show up and it's like this one day and yeah. she says all the time people ask her like what's the secret um, get your hands dirty. Yeah. Get your hands dirty. Yeah. Be available for each other. Learn yeah. to listen. Like it takes work and you have to, it's gonna, yeah. what, what you need is always going to change, but you, you, yeah. you don't wake up and have a really nice relationship. Right. Well, the other thing is it's not a secret. People just don't want to put the work in. They want there to be some kind of magic pill they could take and have a great relationship. Yep. Cause it's easier than putting in the hard work. Yeah. You know, I, you got, there's, there's no secret. We all know how to make good, great relationships. And mm -hmm. just, are you willing to do it or not? Mm -hmm. And we were willing to do it. For now, I reserve the right to hate his ass for something later. He gets, he gets some goodwill today because of the tree topper. No, I'm just kidding. He's great. I will always be willing to put the work in. I, I mean, I love our family. I love our life, you know, it's, but, it, but it's because of the hard work that I'm willing to put in that, that I have the peace and happiness that I have today. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that this is something, you know, too, as an adult person, I've been trying to learn the language and expectations is you can have joy and still be in sorrow. 
right? You can still mm-hmm. have absolute fulfilling love and be enraged at your partner. And yeah. it doesn't have to be only one thing. It is complicated. And the more you do this work, the more you have conversations with other people of how they navigate it in their own worlds. And it just puts more tools in your belt to better be prepared mm-hmm. for the for the next cycle Brenda comes around. So that Yeah, when Brenda's back, when Brenda comes skipping up like number me. Did you name each show? This has gotta be like featuring Bethany and Brenda. Um I I title it the the person that's on unless we do a deep dive. Which, if you want to do a deep dive about Brenda, we could talk about deep. Girl, not to, first of all, I'm, I'm going to need another glass of wine for that. So, uh, we'll, that that could be if we do another show. We'll do a Brenda show. I'm here for it. Um, well, to wrap up, Bethany, what is something that you are thinking about, wrestling with, trying to heal, trying to understand? What is something you're you're grappling with right now in your journey? Sure. So, um, you know, I mentioned um, getting older. Uh, it's real, the, the feelings that you start to feel about like losing your looks and which, you know, I'm not a look success person, but, you know, I really am trying to figure out how aging is impacting my journey, um, Mm. and how it's impacting me and how I want to go through this next phase of my life, my next cycle, my next Brenda. Um, you know, cause it like, you're, you're still a little bit young. Um, and I'm still young. 46 is still young. Like, I don't think I'm old, but I'm aging. I'm getting there. Like, you know, you got to start worrying about mammograms and you get wrinkles and your butt cheeks start to slide down the back of your legs. And no matter how hard you work out, <laughs> it's fucking unfair. But, you know, so right now I'm really thinking about how, how do I want to have this be a part of the rest of my life? Cause it's mm-hmm. not going away. And how do I want my relationship with my aging body to be? So uh, I'm hoping I can have it be a positive one, um, but it's going to take some work to get there. So that's, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at now. Mm, that's beautiful. I think um, going back to what seems to be a theme about women too, and, and accepting that is leaning into who you actually are and mm-hmm. um, preparing yourself too, for what that could be, you know, you're, it's, it, that's going to include grief, grief of, mm-hmm things that you might not be able to do at the same capacity. Maybe you run a mile every day and now it's too much for your knees. So you can only do a half mile and just exactly taking the small mm-hmm. victories, learning to allow yourself to grieve and then maybe finding new ways to adapt what you need and what you see about your body. And um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I mean, I can no longer do jumping jacks because I pee myself a little bit every time. So <laughs> And I, you know, that's just giving you a real life example of that. That's all I'm saying. I'll do arm jacks, no jumping. Yeah. I, well, no, that's what I do. I do arm, and then I put one leg out. So I go, arm, leg, left foot. But, so I just <laughs> I come up with way I've adapted. God damn it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Adapt or die. That's what Ashley and I say all the time. You got to adapt to what life is showing you and how it's showing up for you, or else you're going to be pissed off and irritable all the time. Yep. For sure. Well, I appreciate you being on Flexus with me. Um, I appreciate you asking me. This has been so fun. I feel like this is really just like a very long hangout session with you. Like, I'm here <laughs> for that too. To I yeah, know. No, I, mean, like, it didn't, like, I forgot that we were recording a podcast at various times. And I really <laughs> just felt like we, which I, 
uh, which I think is a testament to just how awesome it is to talk to you. Mm, thank you. You know, I, I, I hope that your authenticity, our authentic relationship, the work we've put in comes through. I don't doubt that it has on this conversation. Um, yeah. And, you know, let's be blunt. When was the last time we chatted on the phone? Or in person, I I don't. I think I might be seeing you once or twice since you moved out to California, and it's been years. Yeah, and I don't and think so, and we were never phone chatters because we no. we saw each other in person all the time. Texting, we would banter, but yeah, not, we would text. Yeah, and we Snapchatted for a while. I got rid of my Snapchat. Yeah, um, you're not but, missing out. Yeah, so if you're, yeah, I was just say so. So if you're Snapchatting me, I'm not seeing it. Um, but, no, but you know, but it, honestly, it doesn't matter because here's the thing: we've always had an authentic relationship. Right. So it took zero to get back to talking. It, it just we never weren't just ourselves with each other, so it made it very easy to just jump right in and talk to you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you talking about that because I agree, and I think that's the importance of doing this work. Because if you're doing that yeah. work, you can reconnect with people, anybody, if they're mm-hmm. on the same journey. It makes it really easy to just see the humanity and the relatedness, right? Like we have totally different journeys and yet we have so much in common, even though our stories are entirely different. Yeah, we're we're all human. (laughs) We all have that in common. (laughs) Mm -hmm, For sure. So to wrap up, um, do you want to share any social medias or an org that you believe in? Uh, but I believe in a lot of things. So support Planned Parenthood um, and uh, support your local NPR affiliate station um, and donate to Wikipedia. Um, my Twitter is at Bethany Rue, B-E-T-H-A-N-Y-R-U-H-E. And my Instagram is at Bethany L. Rue, R-U-H-E. The L is for luscious. Just kidding. It's for Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> but they are going to forget it. <laughs> they are. They like the Bethany Luscious Rue, Brenda. Um, yeah, so definitely give me a follow on there. I, I love, um, I don't tweet as much anymore because Twitter is an actual dumpster fire. But um yeah. I, I do. I, I'm on Instagram quite a bit, so check it out. Weird. Well, thank you for being on Flexus with me. I appreciate you. Thank you, my friend. It's been a pleasure and um, one that I will not soon forget. So thank you for asking me. Ooh. Whew, y'all. Um, man, that conversation was so filling for me and such a joy to connect with Bethany and just to see so much can happen in time. And yet at the same time, some things keep showing up. Like I said, the joy, the banter, the, the quick one line, um, metaphors of Brenda, just the jokes. I just, um, so grateful for Bethany to take the time and just for her and who she is and, um, what she brings to the table. And just, I'm just really grateful. Um, a big thank you to Bethany for showing up with me on this podcast as, the most authentic version of herself as she always does. And just the the ability to let me witness and share space with her. Um, as always, you can find us on your favorite uh, listening platform, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, whatever that might be. And inside of that, you can leave me a voice message. I'd love to hear if any of this impacted you, if you took anything away from this conversation um, if you have any questions for myself or Bethany that came up from here, and I just would love to engage with y'all to make sure that, um, one, I stay true to the vision of making sure I can normalize this human journey, how we talk about it, how we share it with each other, how we explore it, and at the same time, um, hear what, what you're learning from, hear where I can grow. You know, this conversation, we talk a lot about everything is communication, and 
we need feedback to do better sometimes. And, you know, I'm here for it. Um, you can hit me up on that messaging uh, component for Spotify. It's actually inside your, if you, have, if you use Spotify app, you actually can drop a message that way. You can go to the anchor page, anchor.fm forward slash flex this. Um, leave me a message. You can send me a video chat on Instagram, flex this podcast. Um, if you want to do that, I would love to hear what y'all think. You can hit us up on Twitter, flex this podcast, and just, um, I'd love to hear what y'all think. I'm, I'm grateful for y'all. I'm grateful for Bethany and just, whew, keep doing the hard work, keep showing up, keep showing up for yourself, keep showing up for other people, keep flexing those muscles of curiosity because it matters. Even if you don't think it does, I promise you it is healing the world that you impact. Um, the people around you are being changed because of it. And I really think that's what's going to ripple change into humanity. So thank you for being here. Stay curious, take care of yourself, take care of those around you, and I'll catch you all on the flip side.